Hey guys, welcome to the Wifey Vibe podcast, formerly the She's the Owner podcast. We believe that bringing back the wifey energy is key to helping women all over the world step back into a place that celebrates women in all our glory. It's about showing you that you can still make money, still be your own person, but that ultimately leaning into the feminine will result in less burnout and more bliss. The focus here is to show you that the feminine energy or the wifey vibe is nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it feels pretty awesome. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the Wifey Vibe Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me. Um, I hope that you were you had a chance to listen to the first episode of the new Wifey Vibe uh, podcast. If not, go check it out and tell me what you think. Um, today, I want to talk about kind of like what the traditional vibe when it comes to being a wife or being in the feminine energy, what that traditional thing looks like. And then really maybe chat a little bit about why everybody has such an aversion to it. Um, and I'm not talking about, so when I, when I think about traditional roles, I think about the man or the masculine is providing, he's providing safety, he's providing, um, security, he's providing safety is like the biggest thing when it comes to, so financial safety, emotional safety, mental state safety, physical safety, all of those things. Um, the, the man of the relationship, he's the one who's providing that. And then, um, the woman is really providing the nurturing for the family, whether you have children or not, you're taking care of the household, you're taking care of, um, him, right. If he's out providing and he's going in and doing all the man things, then you're happy to take care of what he needs taken care of. And this is like a huge trigger for a lot of women. And it's when I speak to women about like when I'm frank with women about what this means in today's society, I haven't met one woman yet. Who's been like, yeah, no, I don't want that. Every woman I've spoken to has said they wanted what I'm about to describe. And that's telling because we've been told that it's, it's something that we're not, we're not supposed to want. We're supposed to want to, you know, crush it in business and crush it in our companies and be these top CEOs and like do that forever and all this other shit. And the problem with that is like, there aren't a lot of examples of women who are in their 60s, 70s, who are CEOs or retired CEO women who are happily married. It just doesn't, of course, there's the unicorns, but why would that, why would that be? Because it's not in our nature to work like that for 50 years. It just isn't. We're not created to be the ones who are providing security and safety and going out into a, you know, into a, a job that we hate just to provide. It's not in our DNA to, to do all of like, we don't need purpose the way that a man needs purpose. We don't need direction the way that a man needs direction for us. It's about receiving. It's not about giving in that way or providing in that way. And so many of you are older, you know, older, like I am, I'm almost 48. Holy shit. I'm almost 48. That's wild. Um, but a lot of us have worked our asses off since we were teenagers. That was the, that was the, like, that's what you did is, and a lot of us come from abuse. I find because 
birds of a feather flock together. And a lot of us have just had some significant trauma. And so working at a young age was just what you did. And a lot of us also became very masculine in this process of life because we had to be, we had to take control. We had to be in charge. We had to provide. We were, a lot of us were single mothers. You know, a, a lot of us have been on social assistance or had some type of, you know, trauma, right? So we were conditioned to think that we had to take on that masculine energy role. And so for many of us, it's, it's been very, a really hard, um, awakening really to be like, holy shit, I actually didn't want to be this way. And any woman that I say to, like, if you could, and I'm talking, and I talked about this in the last episode, and I just want to really like dig deep into it and kind of continue to talk about it because I think it's important to acknowledge and to admit it to ourselves that we actually don't want the lifestyle that we've created if we've created it in a masculine energy way. Like most of the time, I will say something to the effect of if you were in a relationship that was fulfilling and the man was leading and you felt safe and you felt protected and you didn't have to do your business and you didn't have to go to the job because your family was provided for and you had more than enough money to feel comfortable and he was happily providing all of this, would you still continue to go do the job that you're doing or go do the business that you're doing? And I haven't found one woman who said yes. They might, she might say yes, for like kind of knee jerk reaction, but then we dig a little deeper and we talk a little more and they're like, actually, no. And that's really sad to me. And that's really the reason that I talk about this and that I'm going to continue to talk about it until I get this message out as far as I possibly can, because the problem with doing the things like that, that you don't want to do is that you're going to get sick or you're going to resent the shit out of your husband, or you're going to hate your life, or you're going to drink a lot, or you're going to do a lot of cannabis, or you're going to eat too much or, or, or like, there's all these different ways that we use you know, other outside things to escape when really we're just fucking tired. Like many people that I know are just women are just tired because they are working themselves to the grave. And we, again, like the first thing I want you to acknowledge is that you're actually exhausted and that you really don't want to be doing what you're doing. And then you can think of other ways to fix it. But right now, like the first thing is, really admitting that you want to be more of that. And maybe you don't, but my guess is if you're listening to this, um, because my audience before was like boss and business women, but I would speak very openly about this piece of it. We talked about it all the time, but if you're just sitting there thinking, well, this isn't me. Okay. Then it's not you. And I'm happy that you're feeling amazing and you're feeling loved at home and you're feeling like you're getting all the sex that you want and you're feeling like you're thriving and you wake up with energy and you're feeling so connected to your heart. If that's you, that's amazing. That's the goal. But many, many of us are not at that goal. And it's a lot of it is because no one wants to admit it because for some reason admitting it means that you're fucked, right? Like I, I can't admit that I don't like this life I've worked so hard to create. That's a hard pill to swallow. But it's not until you start to acknowledge and, and say, I'm actually really exhausted and I'm actually really sick of this type of rat race. It's not until then that you're actually going to change and your life is going to change. 
And that was me. Like, admitting it this year was really challenging. Sorry, I just needed a sip. I'm just going to turn my heater off here because I think it's making it more dry. Um, so, and, and you know, a lot of women, like, we, we fight hard to, like, sort of convince ourselves that the life we've created is the one that we want. We really do. Because what happens if the last 30 years you've been working at your job thinking you want to get to the top and you got to the top and now you're unhappy? Like, it's kind of a shitty thing for a second to be like, holy crap, this wasn't actually what I wanted. I get it. It's tricky. And, you know, for me, for me, my getting to the top, I didn't get to the top. I got like to the middle. And I was like, Jesus, like, this is tough. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to work this hard. And I love, like, again, I've said it a million times. I love business, but there's a difference between having to do something and wanting and getting to do something. And the energy of having to do it or all shit's going to hit the fan is really hard. And so when you think about traditional roles and I'm talking, you know, man and woman, um, because that's my wheelhouse. I don't know about other types of relationships. So that's not where I'm focusing. I'm focusing on what I know. And if I say to my girlfriends, if you could have this man and he could provide and you could pick and do whatever you wanted to earn money, would you do that? And a hundred percent of them said yes. And I realize I'm only, you know, it, the focus group is small, but it's not because I've done this podcast for four years and I've talked to many, many women. And when you hear, I love what I do, that's wonderful. I love hearing that. The same thing still said, I love what I do, but do I love what I do to the point of like hustling so hard that I burn out? No, I love what I do and I love to do it at my leisure, not at my peril. And that's the difference. So a traditional role for the woman might look like you get up and you get ready. And, and, you know, I watched this, um, I watched this reel the other day about, and I'm like, you know, I'm in a weird, unique situation. I'm living with my ex. We're platonic, you know, we have our own bedrooms, whatever, but he still provides for the family. And so it works for us for now. Um, but in a more traditional sense, this is something that resonated with me when I heard this real or saw this real, this lady said she gets up in the morning, she has her coffee, she does her own thing, she gets ready. And she gets ready for her man. And I thought like, that's so beautiful. And why do we think like, why ladies, do we have such a fucking like this such animosity around things like that? Like, I feel great when I get ready. And if I was in a romantic relationship, and to be honest, like I do get ready most days because I'm still trying to call in something like that, right? But like, what's wrong with getting ready for your man? We've been taught like that it's poisonous to to do things for him or do. And I think that's so fucking ridiculous. Like if you're in a marriage right now and you're pissy and you are thinking like, I'm not getting ready for him. I'm getting, and we always say is, oh, it's about me. Sure. It's about me, but don't lie to yourselves and say like, if you get ready and your husband looks at you up and down and is like, holy fuck, babe, that you are wearing that dress. Tell me that doesn't feel amazing. We've been conditioned to think that's some type of insult. We've been conditioned to think that's like not cool for him. I love it. I love the attention, a nice, genuine attention of my man. Like that makes me feel good. So if that means I 
take 15 minutes and I throw on some blush in the morning and mascara and comb my hair so that I don't look like a ragamuffin when I come out of my room. That's what it means. And like, what is wrong with that? Nothing. We've been told that that's wrong. We've told that's weakness and it's not. So, and then, so she got ready for her husband. Like she looked pretty and, and put together and not sloppy and she got her kids food and their breakfast and their lunches and all that ready. And, you know, did the shopping and like that type of thing. The, the crazy part is that we have become obsessed with being busy. And when you feel, and like, again, a lot of us have come from this trauma, right? Like for a long time, even when Ken and I were a marital couple early in our relationship, when things were calm, I would freak out. Like I wouldn't know what to do with that because I come from chaos and he had to really untrain me from wanting this chaotic environment because that's all I knew. And so if things were too calm, I would freak out. And that's how women are right now. Like we are definitely addicted to chaos and definitely addicted to busy. And so for the first while, when I stopped coaching, right. And I started to do things more around the house, like, especially since this move, there's a lot of time where I'm like, oh my God, like I should be busier. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And then I start to panic and I start to look for things to sort of whoop me up instead of just sitting in the stillness of my life now. Like, you know, today I've got social media client work to do. So I'm going to do a bunch of that. But like, I still got ready. I still cleaned out my walk-in closet. I still did a bunch of donation clothes. Like I don't, you don't have to be, when you realize like you, even in your singlehood, even when you're not in a relationship where a guy's providing, you can still slow down and that will give you the feeling and the, the safety that you're looking for. But it's uncomfortable at first. Like I remember years ago, I did the condo Marie or Marie condo method of cleaning the, um, life-changing, what is it? The life-changing, what the frick is it of, of tidying up the life-changing magic of tidying up? I think it's called, I'm probably getting that wrong. It's been a bunch of years. Um, but it was, it's this method of cleaning this she's, um, from Japan and it's this more of a Japanese way of cleaning. Does it spark joy? And I remember when I did that to our house, the one that we just moved from and then we had 30 bags of shit to leave our house. And if you asked me ahead of time, would we have had that many bags? I would have said, there's no way. But for like two weeks after that, I had nothing to complain about. I had nothing to bitch about. I had nothing to clean. I was anxious as fuck. Like I was walking around thinking like, what do I do with myself? And that's kind of the feeling I've been in the last couple of weeks is like, what do I do with myself? If I'm not sitting here hustling, trying to make something happen for my business and I can just do things more leisurely, I there's a sense of panic and, and anxiety in that in the beginning. And you'll feel it too. So even if you're like not in a relationship and you're a single mom and you're working your ass off, there's still opportunity for you to dip down into the feminine energy and chill out. And it's going to feel weird. Like there's things you should be saying no to a lot of things. I bet you should say no to, you know, events, favors, things your kids are asking, like there's things you need to say no to. But when you start to create that space, you'll start to be able to be more comfortable in that space of not being in hustle mode all the time. And then someday when you're in a relationship and you're not in hustle mode anymore, it'll feel wonderful. It won't feel scary to you. But, you know, cooking dinner, cleaning your house, like those are things that our mothers and mothers' mothers used to do because they could do it, right? That was a time when 
the husband could work one, you know, we could, you could have a one income family and you'd be more than okay. And I realize that it's not like that anymore. I get it. But again, what I said on the last episode, if you're in a relationship right now and you say, you sit your husband or spouse down and you sit down and say, listen, I'm fucking tired. I can't do this anymore. We need to figure something else out. And you look at your budget and Catherine Zankita, she just did a podcast where she doesn't use the word budget. I can't remember what she does, but money allocation. So if you look at the way that your money is allocated, I guarantee you there's space to dial it back while you as the woman get to calm down and relax and be wifey. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting that. And that's what I hope that this podcast helps women understand. It's like, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, tell you how to, how exactly you should be wifey, but I want you to be okay with it. I want you to be like, no, this is what I want because there's so much freedom and so much peace and release when you actually finally say, I want that. That's what I want to be. I just want to, I just want to relax and I'd like to be someone's wife or I'd like to be taken care of, or I'd like to not work this hard. There's no shame in that. And even as I'm saying it, I still feel, feel weird saying it because my, my conditioning runs deep. I have never allowed myself to say that and feel okay about it. Anytime that that situation has happened where I'm not working or I'm not making money like I did, then I'm just like, oh, I'm a failure. I better get back on the horse. Well, no, this is a conscious decision for me. And I, again, I recognize that I'm lucky. Um, but does that mean I can't, I, sh- I don't need to make money? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that we're not, you know, like, again, my situation is unique. I'm lucky. I'm super grateful for Ken and his ability to see past like the fact that we're not married anymore and that we're, we're best friends and all the things. Um, and, and that he still wants to provide. He said to me yesterday, he goes, you're my family. Of course I want to do this. Now, if I start, you know, going and dating and when all that happens, will I be comfortable in that type of arrangement? No, and neither will he. Right. But for right now, it's cool. But that's, again, there's a feeling of desperation that women will get, um, in, in when they're, when they're trying to make money. And that's the feeling I want you to no longer have, because that's the feeling that creates acid in your body. That's the, that's the feeling that will create tension and all the illnesses and all of the cortisol and everything that's not good for us. That's what that will create. So to the ladies that are in relationships, hear me, like sit down with him and say, I, we need to have a conversation. I know financially it's not feasible for me to quit the job this second. However, let's come up with a six month plan where I can quit and maybe start a little side hustle that gives me a lot of joy that can help pay some of the bills. But the understanding is that I am no longer responsible fully for providing in our family. And I'm going to provide value in a bunch of other ways. And that's the key too, is a lot of men don't know because again it's sort of been beaten out of us over the last bunch of decades like men don't understand the value a woman provides anymore because we've not been able to provide it we've been providing financial value and that's what a lot of guys see like when you this is the hugest turnoff like i there was a time not in the you know in the last year where when i wasn't living with ken and i was still living on my own and i was dabbling in dating and i had you know a situation come up where the guy was like well, you invited me out for dinner. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, but a lot of women just want free dinner. So I didn't want to accept the invitation because I didn't, you know, I already took you out for lunch once. 
first of all, guys, if you're listening, that's the, that's disgusting. Like th- that's the hugest turnoff to a feminine energy. You're like, okay, well, obviously this guy's zero. Like, there's so many things wrong with that. Now, to the women that you know, so a true alpha man or traditional man or masculine energy man would take a woman out once or twice, and if things weren't progressing, and he had the sense that he was only being used to take a woman for for dinner, he wouldn't ask her out. He wouldn't go out anymore with her. But a real man isn't calculating. They're not keeping a tab. And a real feminine woman isn't using a man for food, right? So then that's a question of like, what are you attracting, right? And so clearly I was still attracting a super wounded masculine because that's the conversation. And the joke is I was the one who was going to buy the food and bring it over and cook. So it's like, explain that, like make that make sense to me, right? So, so we've, it's all twisted. Guys don't know what to do. Girls don't know what to do. You know, men don't know the value of a a good woman anymore in a lot of ways because they've only been taught to see like this 50-50 kind of narrative, right? You pay 50% of the bills, you pay 50% of dinner. Like you could do that, but I will tell you, you're not going to have a feminine energy woman in your life. If you're asking her to take care of half of the responsibilities financially, you're not going to have any sort of feminine energy woman in your life, period. And any I, anyone wants to challenge me on that, I welcome it. Because as soon as you do that to a woman, we're in hunter mode. And when we're in hunter mode, we're in the masculine. And when we're in the masculine, there's not enough room for two dicks in the room, period. So if you want soft, if you want nurturing, if you want dinners made, if you want all of the things that the, the beautiful feminine energy or wifey wants to provide, then you have to come up and meet that woman with providing the other, right? Because that's what it is right now. A lot of you are, are women are sitting there going, yeah, I, I hear you, but I also do the cooking. I also do the child minding. I also do the laundry. I also work full time. I also do the car. I also take, you know, and he's working. So guys, you can't, that's a fucking ridiculous expectation. It's absolutely, but it's a, it, it's your expectation but then see what your result is. The result is you have a woman who is burned out, doesn't want to have sex with you, doesn't want to fucking look at you, has no desire for you whatsoever because she's she's busy. She's working 35 jobs to your one. And so I get it. I understand, ladies, that it's not, you know, it's a lot of men have been conditioned out of this kind of mindset of having a traditional environment, a lot of women have been conditioned. So it's kind of all screwed up right now. And I totally appreciate that. But really for me, what I want is for women to at least admit, like, this is how they're feeling and this is where they're at so that change can happen. Because if, if we just carry on pretending like, yeah, no, I totally love working 60 hours a week, coming home, feeding my kids, making lunch, making dinner, doing the laundry. And then my husband wants me to give him a blowjob tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. If you keep pretending that narrative's okay, you're going to get sick one way or another, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. It's We're just not created to do it like that. And so the whole purpose of this this podcast is really to give you permission, like as if you need it, but some of us need it, but give you permission to be like, yep, I want to get off that treadmill. That sucks. I'm not down for that. And then opening the conversation with your spouse or on your own, right? Like if you're not in a relationship yet, you can still call in this type of um, thing to you, you know, and we'll get into those ways as we go through this podcast. But I really want you to just be able to say, yeah, I'm tired. 
and I don't want to do this kind of rat race anymore. So husband, let's figure it out. Or if I'm single, let me call it in. Because trust me, there's a lot of men that even if it's not super, super common, there's still a lot of men who want this kind of woman. They don't want masculine energy women. You guys, I, they just do not. Ken, even as my friend tells me, all that, like the other, last week, he's like, you're being like a fucking man right now. And I was. But like alpha men don't want alpha women, right? Like let that sink in a second. You're wondering why you're not able to be in these beautiful relationships. It's because you're showing up like a man to a man. And in a normal situation, and I've said this many times in the past, like two guys will go duke it out in the yard, fight for a couple of minutes, punch each other out, and then be best friends for life. That's how boys do things in schools, or they used to when they were allowed to, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating go and kick the shit out of people. That's not what I'm saying. But like back in the day, you would tussle around as in you know grade six, seven, and you'd get out your frustrations. You'd pop each other in the nose once. And that'd be it. Shake hands and you'd be done. Well, imagine you're a woman who's ask, acting like the masculine in a relationship with another masculine. He's not going to pop you in the nose. He's going to leave. He's going to be emasculated. He's going to cheat. He's going to do all the shit we complain about. But really, we helped create the situation because we come at it so masculine. And, you know, it does. It has to work both ways. If you're in a marriage right now and a relationship right now and the guy is super feminine energy and you're super masculine and you want to have this conversation, you both need to switch up. It cannot just be you saying, I'm going to be feminine now, la-di-da, and off we go. You both have to do this. He has to learn. And how you do that is you honestly, like, there's so many courses. There's so many different avenues that you can take. But I highly recommend he go join, join a men's group and you go join a feminine energy kind of group, get a coach, go around other women who've done this work, who understand how they've tapped into the, to the feminine in them. But you, you both need to go away and learn how to be, how you actually are at your core. So for him, he needs other men. He needs other men to talk to. He needs other men to show him what it looks like to be a man again. And how to gently put you in your place when you get out of out of line. And again, that might trigger you. And I hope that it does because the masculine gets pissy about stuff like that. The feminine wouldn't even bat a lash at that statement because we want to be led. I don't want a man to tell me what to do and tell me what to eat and tell me like, that's not what I'm talking about here. But like, if I'm getting, if I'm encroaching on his decisions, my job is to support him. Even if it's like, if it's something dangerous, you know, I might bring it up, but like, it's my job to support him. Men want to be supported. The, the softer and more supportive you are to your man, the more man he's going to be. And that's hard when we've been conditioned to be the opposite. And even in like my life, I still find that like Ken said to me yesterday, we get along way better when you're supportive. And I'm like, he's right. But old me, old programming is still really, when I see him do something that I think, that I think doesn't make sense, I want to just be like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's just not how I need to approach it. Approaching that, there's a way to approach it, but men feel really good and really in their masculine and really in their lion, you know, heart when they're supported. But 
really both people need to go away and go do their own work and then work together. Because if it's just you or it's just him, I mean, I know a lot of guys too, right? Who've done the work, who've gone to men's groups and who've, you know, gone on retreats and chopped wood and fucking like done boy guy shit. And they come back to the super masculine woman and it's not going to work. It's just not. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem, right? So first thing is to, you know, admit that you're tired, admit that you want to really go into your feminine, admit that you want to be a wife, that you want to be this wifey energy, and then think of ways and strategies and communicate with him on how that's going to happen. Um, because really that's, it's, it, it, it 100% needs to be a team effort, right? And maybe that's the hard part about the whole thing too, is recognizing like, maybe he's not interested. Maybe he wants to be led, right? A lot of men are kind of in that space now where they don't know, like if you said any of this to them, they'd be like, I don't know where to start. Well, lead them to, there's a bunch of really great, um, and in the show notes, I'll put this, but like Jake Woodard, he's an exceptional masculine energy expert. Um, my friend, Neil Conlin, um, there's who else is there? Danny Morrell. He's really exceptional at this. There's a bunch of really good, like even, a you know, Ken loves Wes Watson and David Goggins. Like those guys are crazy intense, but they wake up, they wake up this thing in a man. And that's the thing that's very dormant right now in men. And we're, we're trying to be that hustle, crazy loud thing. And it's just not working. I'm going to leave you with one little story when let's have a sip of my drink here. I'm going to leave you a story with you, leave you with a story from date with destiny. And this is how I really know. And I've seen it multiple times, right? So it's not like I've seen it one time and I made my assessment from this. I've seen this event multiple times and there's this, and, and so, sorry, this is how I know what is, what's to be true. If you hear my stomach growling, I'm fasting. Um, what I know to be true when it comes to, that how how dormant it is so let me just tell you the fucking story care get to the point um at day with destiny on day four is that right day three maybe four saturday whatever day that is i think it's day four relationship day we do this whole day on the masculine and feminine energy with tony robbins and sage robbins actually comes out um allison armstrong she's attended that that event i saw her at my first date with destiny and the woman floats and she's wrote, written the queen's code. She was on my podcast on the, she's the owner podcast. She's a, she's a master at all of this stuff. And we do this thing where the ladies get up. So the lights will go down. I'm going to paint you a picture. Lights go down. Everything turns red. And all of a sudden Cindy Lauper girls just want to have fun comes on. And he says, okay, ladies get up. I want you to just start to move your body. However you feel called to move, just dance. Like no one's watching. And obviously the lights are dark and it's very, like, it's fun. It's like a party, right? So all of the girls were all up dancing. And I'm sort of, you know, I guess I'm being a bit of a brat because I'm an 80s baby. I grew up in the freaking Cindy Lauper era and I just don't love that song anymore. I've heard it way too many times. So I'm kind of like playing along, whatever, not really doing much. And then all of a sudden the lights go red and Rihanna's S&M comes on and I'm in my groove. Like I'm dancing, like I'm, you know, I'm dancing. I'm, I'm, I'm for real. And I'm, my eyes are closed and I really just didn't care about who was in the room. 
and I was in my body. And it was really at that moment where I understood feminine energy in at its absolute core. <clears throat> and I moved my body like literally I was by myself and I kind of opened my eyes and I peeked and I noticed all the other girls, same thing, like just eyes closed. <clears throat> Nobody was worried about what they look like, what they, nothing. You were just totally oneness, right? You were not even in your body at this point, you were just floating. It was incredible. And then the third song comes on and it's a song by Sarah Brightman. You take my breath away. And it's such a beautiful song and it just, it was very tribal. And like all of a sudden all the tribalness came out of us and we're all dancing in this gorgeous way. And then we stop, we sit down and Tony says, okay, gentlemen, like anyone want to share? How did that, or actually, sorry, he, he invites the men to, um, thank us as a collective and all of them were cheering and screaming and clapping and man, like goosebumps everywhere. You just felt like such a goddess. It was such a beautiful feeling, not gross. It wasn't like cat calling. It was just like, you just felt seen. Right. And that's one of the biggest pieces of the feminine energies to feel seen. And it was great. It was like, you felt incredible. So then the lights go down and on the back of Tony's stage, like on the, on the big screen, there was a clip from Braveheart. And it's the part where Mel Gibson is going back and forth and he's giving his sort of hype up speech about um, taking our land. And he says, well, you can never take our, you could take our land, you can take our women, but you'll never take our freedom. And he screams freedom. And all of a sudden the lights go down, spotlight on Tony. Tony stands up off his little seat and he goes, freedom. And he throws a fist in the air. Every single guy in that fucking entire place stood up at the same time and yelled freedom. Now, what, why is that a big deal? There was no prompt. There was no, and I get, I honestly get emotional even talking about it. There was nothing telling them what to do. They all just knew it in their gut, what was required. And they stood up all in unison and screamed freedom. And then he did it again, freedom. And they did it again. And he did it again, freedom. And they did it again. He did about five rounds of this. And then he just said, men, like feel into yourself, feel into the lion, feel into the, and then he did it again. And it was so wild. So that is what tells me that these are about 2,500 men that were in their books, you know, doing their gratitude, doing all this stuff. But when called, when they were called to stand up, they answered. So that's how you know that that lion is in your inside of your man, right? And that's how like this was the whole room. No one told them what to do. They just knew. And the crazy part that happened for us, and I talked to women after this, I said, how did you find that? Like, was that everybody that I talked to, like outside of a couple felt safe, we felt seen, we felt protected. All of the things that the feminine energy wants in that moment happened. It was the hottest, sexiest thing I have ever experienced in my life when no one was putting a hand on me. So that's really what you want to invite into your life. And the way that you invite it is you start to lean into this wifey vibe the feminine energy, because that like, when you think, Oh my, my guy's not like that. I bet you a thousand dollars. If that man, your man was in the room with Tony that day, he would have stood up and yelled freedom. 
period. So it's in them. But our job is to lean into the feminine to call it out. And again, first things first, you need to have the conversation and both of you go away and do your own separate work and then come together. But when you see 2,500 men stand up in unison, that tells you something that tells you they're just waiting to answer the call. And the call is the feminine. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. Bye.